Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian, and I'm a sex and love addict in recovery. <laughs> and, and I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist. I thought I, you know, I just want to drop a <laughs> bomb at the beginning of every show to I put everybody that. at ease. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's all about vulnerability here, right? Uh, yeah. So just like, and it's, just go it's, right for it. It's in the title, Hot Mess. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're the podcast that's saving the world one hot mess at a time. Oh, so much hot mess going on too, huh? Yeah, so today's hot mess topic is... Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Oh my gosh. How do you feel about today's topic, Alex? Oh, well, you know what? Um, I am not on Twitter as much anymore. Uh, During the Obama administration, I was on all the time because I was Uh on the road. And it was great for when I landed in Cleveland. And I was like, I'm playing Cleveland tonight. And uh, where should I eat sushi? And, you know, and then I would get a lot of uh, responses that way. Um, but now I, I'm on Twitter for more than five minutes and I lose the will to live. But yeah. um, at one point in my uh, uh, not too distant past, I made a joke about bisexuals that was um, taken, you know, it was taken out of, uh, you know what it is? When you read a joke on Twitter, it, it it's not the same as somebody telling the joke in person. Yes, you can't, you can't, you can't read irony or nuance or whatever but it was uh in well this was the joke it was i said that um when somebody tells me they have celiac disease Mm -hmm. i have the same reaction as when somebody tells me they're bisexual and (laughs) all the bisexuals got really really mad at me they were like uh they they, they accused me of bi erasure they Uh accused me of biphobia biphobia and and it was an education for me because i you know i don't really know what bisexuals are up against Right. You know, and and I and, and what 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 the education for me was the main thing people uh, the joke was about um, the joke was you don't exist. Right. That that's not a real thing. Right. And how I finally and and and, he, and I thought you know if I just leave this alone because mm-hmm. it was a joke, mm-hmm. it'll go away. But it kind of picked up steam. Oh, it and, grew. Did yeah, it go it viral. Grew, well, it grew to the point where there were um, there were uh, a by watchdog groups like the equivalent of Glad, oh, who were kind yeah. of searching the web, and uh, um, they had uh, they had been retweeting this uh, my tweet with the response of like this is the kind of stuff we're up against. Yeah, and so finally, I and and then I got um, tweets like, "How dare you? We've been allies with you this whole time. Right. We've been so all of those things were valid. I got it." I got yep. it. But the, the, the way I finally assuaged it was, um, listen, bisexuals, calm down. Um, I have a ton of bisexual exes mm-hmm. and I've experienced your magic first time. Right. So uh, that was my way of kind of going, um, I get it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I have been intimate with a lot of bisexual people. I may <laughs> even have um, classified myself as bisexual when I was 14. So, yeah. uh, well, that was, yeah, for, for some of us, it's like the half step, <laughs> of out, right? But that's but, not how um, it is for everybody. But of it course. was, I was really, really surprised at how quickly it, like, and how it wouldn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's hard, right? Like you were saying you, because you, you knew what your intention was. Right. And, but so coming out, oh, with it, yeah. no. it was hard because, you know, you wanted to acknowledge that part of it, but you also, it sounds like you wanted to actually hear what other people were saying. Oh, you yeah. wanted to, you wanted to find the lesson within that. Oh, um, sure. Totally. But I it, actually, oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, it was kind of like, but I really had to ask myself, am I, am I throwing allies under the bus? Am I, um, am I, am I trying to erase by people? And yeah. then I was like, no, that's not what I'm about at all. Well, but also, I mean, even having an honest look, like actually being able to take a look at maybe like some, some biphobia that might be there, right? Like we, mm. we of course live in a culture where all of these things are constantly fed to us. What's right, what makes sense, what isn't right. okay. Right. And so we're a part of that too. And, you know, we can kind of feed into that even if it's like with some jokes. But yeah. being able to honor what you knew as your conscious intention, but maybe also checking in on maybe some of the kind of latent stuff that you weren't as aware of. Well, I'll tell well, you my, I'll my, tell you my yeah. story. I mean, my, my, my yeah. knee-jerk reaction was biphobia is somebody throwing a, a bottle from you at, at you from a moving car, because that's happened to me, but it's a different kind of um, microaggression they experience yes, when exactly. they say like, out loud that they're biphobic, bi, um, that they're bisexual. They get a certain yeah, reaction. Of course. Yeah. And that's it, right? The microaggression. And I think that's kind mm -hmm. of what a lot of this is all about right now is for us to be able to check in on what some of the kind of the undercurrent, the more nuanced stuff that's going on. Yes. The way in which it's happening can, you know, the way in which it's being revealed to us, you know, can be, uh, <laughs> can be kind of aggressive at times. But anyway, I'll tell you my story. Let's hear and it. I'm not proud of this. So I'm really kind of like okay. you know, showing my ass right now. Okay. Um, okay. So this was at the very start of quarantine. And uh, so this was around April or so. Got it. And I, you know, I walked outside one day, I saw the beautiful sky, you know, the night was starting to fall and the moon was out. And I, uh, at the time I was dating somebody and I asked him, I was like, Hey, take my picture. This is such a cute little like moment. He took my picture. It's like me with the moon in the background. The sky looks beautiful. I posted the next day and I'm thinking like, Oh, it's a cute picture, but I got have to have like some cute caption too, right? What am I going to put? What am I going to put? And I'm hem and hawing over something that doesn't and matter. Said, Jews and homosexuals control the media. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was offensive. I oh don't my know. God. Okay. So it wasn't that, okay. um, not even close, but what I did, so I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, okay, what's about moon? What's about moon? And of course I think about the song from rent right over the moon. Uh, okay. The one that Maureen okay. sings yes, anyway, yes. but I'm like, I don't want to put over the moon. That's a little too on the nose. Right. So I think to myself, Oh my God, what's like a really funny part of that song. And a part of it, she says, um, Shit, now of course I'm gonna forget. She said, um Is it the is it the dish? Is the dish and the spoon oh, jumping yeah, over? Goes, uh, yeah. yeah, she goes, not in my backyard utensils, go, go back, back to, to China. China. And that's what I put. And I had <laughs> zero consciousness about what was going on culturally in the world. <laughs> Our president calling it the like, you know, the China flu. Oh yeah. Racist bullshit. Yeah. It didn't even cross my mind. And people came for me and they started yeah. dragging me and attacking mm -hmm. me. And I mm -hmm. have to tell you, it really kind of, it really threw me back. And I, and I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, that wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. And I kind of tried to say some version of that. Mm -hmm. And people were like, that's not how you apologize. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm doing everything yeah. wrong. That's what they and call eventually, um, intention versus impact. Right, exactly. And so eventually mm -hmm. I had to really kind of like take a breath and get myself to a place where <laughs> I could consider, okay, what, what is the truth here? And the truth was, is that the fact that it didn't even cross my mind that I'm, that I'm, you know, kind of throwing a comment down out there that sounds anti, you know, Chinese yes, yes. Um, was, was, is ignorance in and of itself. Right. And that's also kind of part of white privilege. So I had to, that own was that. The problem, to apologize that it yeah, yeah. and learn from that and okay. move forward. Right. Okay. Right. So as, okay, a white, how it, as a white man, you should be saying stuff about Go back to China. Yes, that yes. is a very yeah. good idea. And checking my white privilege, and I own it, and I'm learning, and I will do better. And so was, that was what there, happened. Wasn't yeah. there some I, point I for you to say? Caption, I changed the caption real quick, and I learned, and we're and we're moving on. Wasn't there? 
there some point where you go, you guys, I was just uh, quoting the song from Brent uh, over the moon. You know, yes. it's the part like I did. I'm not a racist. I don't hate Chinese I, 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 I just love I Brent. I didn't dig my heels in that far, but I did <laughs> I did acknowledge, oh, this was just for Rent. And this one drag queen was like, honey, we all know Rent. <laughs> That's not the problem here. I was like, oh my God. Okay, okay, let's figure this out. And so I like figured it out and and we're learning. All right, Alec, well, how would you, for some people who might not even know how to define cancel culture, how would you in layman's terms define cancel culture? Well, you know, right now my kid is all on social media. He's 16 years old. And the way cancel culture works within the high school confines when it's like bullying is, yeah. is a way of a social group or a peer group ostracizing you. They stop right. following you on Instagram. They stop following you on a TikTok or whatever the hell you're on. Okay. Um, and it's just a way of socially ostracizing the people. I think cancel culture right now is just a very reactionary reaction to things yeah. it's like you said it's kind of um it's what got me was i people pinned intent on me immediately right yeah yes. and they people pinned intent on you immediately yes and it's kind of like that was and and granted i mean my privilege was like you said your privilege was it didn't even occur to you by the way i like how you say that privilege yeah privilege, privilege. <laughs> what how does how do you say it Pri privilege Privilege. 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 Wait, say okay, it again. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to knock no, you off No, 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 say yeah. it again, say it again. I'm fascinated. I say two syllables. Privilege. 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 <laughs> All right, go ahead. I, I had a, a, a long a, a, a conversation at Delhi. Was it mayonnaise or mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Ma ma <laughs> mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. My, my point is, yes, it didn't occur to me not being a bisexual person. Yes. If I was a bisexual person and I heard crap like that all the time, like right. you don't exist and you're just faking it and blah, blah, blah. Then yes. I equally would be offended. So it yeah. didn't, my privilege was, it didn't occur to me. You as, as, as a white gentleman, it didn't occur to you yes. that this would have the ramifications that it did. Yeah. I think what it's, but I think that you just said, we were talking before the show, if you dig deep enough in anybody's past and judge them on their worst deeds, their worst deeds, the worst words on their worst day, yes. everybody would be canceled. Everybody could be canceled, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. And it, listen, it makes sense because like, you know, when canceling happens or when people are inspired to kind of just jump on that bandwagon, you know, it's kind of like this mob mentality, but it really is whenever anybody's like saying or doing something that people viscerally disagree with, which I'm 100% for, right? Let's like right. call that stuff out. Right. Let's acknowledge that stuff. But what winds up happening is we go and we attempt to make somebody the sacrificial lamb and we mm -hmm. attack the person mm -hmm. instead of attacking the behavior, right? And like, let's, oh. call out, let's call out a thing, right? We don't want to assassinate character. We want to be able to help dismantle the very things that are getting expressed through that one particular individual. So that's what we want to do. And the reason why that this is is not a good thing in terms of attacking the person is a it is ineffective it's an ineffective strategy because hey. everybody else is going to watch that sacrificial lamb hey. they're not going to actually change their attitude what they are going to do is change their behavior so they'll get quiet about it they won't continue to express it they'll huh. pretend and kind of play along but they're not actually going to change that so it's not effective the other thing that's really really um not great <laughs> about this strategy is there's also a boomerang effect that whenever it is that we, whenever, if I'm attacking anybody, whether mm -hmm. it's kind of on a huge, large platform of cancel culture or just a person in my life, if I'm attacking the character of a person, mm -hmm. that has a boomerang effect. And so it comes back to me where I then feel that the only way I can be safe in the world is if I shut people down entirely and get rid of them. 
that I have to kind of do all that. And then that's also going to come back to me too, which is that I have to live in a very constrained, very specific way in order Unassailable. to be Unassailable. Your, your, uh, your behavior and your language has to be yeah. pristine. Well, pristine, you know, perfect. Yeah, yeah, pristine. Well, you know, there's other times I'm rooting for the cancel culture. I'm just going to say this real quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because because uh, there was that one cast member who uh, was going to join Saturday Night Live a couple seasons ago, and oh, then it found yes. out that he was his whole stand up, his whole persona was really misogynistic and yes. racist, and he was a piece of shit. And it yeah. was kind of like no, yeah. No. So whatever. It's, I, I hear you. That's also true. Yeah. There are two hides to everything <laughs> so let's bring on i you know what you're so good on this show i i texted you yesterday you did yeah. Allie, come on are we you having know. this moment right now no, yes we oh, are we are you're, you're so smart and and i there's like now it's become a part of the show where i just go oh wow yeah that's good he has a point <laughs> oh well thank you alec obviously you're you're great too and you make it's, this so easy for me to to have a voice so thank it's you. only taken me eight episodes to listen to you but um <laughs> I'm listening. I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's bring on our guest because he's so fabulous and I love him. Yes, I, I do too. All right, everybody. Today's guest is so much fun. He's paved a special career path for himself being himself. We're excited to welcome Cromo Brown, also known as Just Cromo. He's sort of the reality TV king, you know? He's kind of like most known for his TV debut on the MTV reality series, The Real World Philadelphia. In 2004, when The Real World was still doing its thing and it was the best version of itself, he became the first out gay black man on reality TV too. He currently stars as a current culture expert in one of our favorite shows, Netflix series, Queer Eye. He also wrote a book last year called Karamo, My Story of Embracing Purpose, Healing, and Hope. He's a daddy like me, but he has two <laughs> kids instead of one. Please welcome my friend Karamo Brown. Yay! Yay! It's so good to see you. Last time I saw you, we were in Washington, D.C., lobbying mm. for the Every Child Deserves a Family Act in front of John Lewis. We were. What an exciting time. And then also like unfortunate time that now he's passed, but mm -hmm. his yeah. will live on forever. And um, I'm just happy that we've now reconnected again because I'm tired of just stalking you on um, Instagram. Um, I know. I know. We stalk each other on Instagram because um, <laughs> Karamo and I, I, you know, we've known each other for so long and I have no idea how we've met. We um, we would see each other for all the benefits for the LGBT Center in Los Angeles. And um, I, was, I was working at the center when you were always getting honored and coming and doing specials and stuff. <laughs> I got honored once. I was I was staff, and you were like there on red carpets, and I was like. <laughs> so that Cromo, what were you doing with the LGBT center? I was working with LGBT youth, so I used to mm -hmm. work um, in social services as a social worker, and so I would work there. We I worked with um, the um, elderly, and then I worked with um, trans youth, and then homeless youth for almost eight years. Mm -hmm. and then, oh my god. He was a I counselor. love that. I used I used to work. I used to work as mental health counselor at the New York LGBT Center. Oh, nice! So yeah, yes. so, so you know the work. That's right. Yeah, amazing. Cool. What kind um, of stuff did you guys come up against as counselors? What was uh, like? What was an average day? You know, I mean, it it varied from day to day, but I think the the sad part is when you're working with people who don't have the resources or the access. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they get defeated and they disappear. And so uh -huh. you're 
all this work where you get somebody to a place where you're like, great, I can see where they can get over that hill. And then unfortunately, because of their circumstances, you don't hear from them for a week or two weeks. And this was especially for like um, individuals that were homeless. Um, yeah. Or had some type of addiction, you know, you would just get there and then all of a sudden it'd be like the work would be done. And then the unfortunate parts in like social services is that you then would have to restart the program when they did come back. And so mm -hmm. like, it'd be like, don't, just hold on because if you leave and I understand your circumstance in life, we, we're going to have to start this process all over again. You're going to have to start again. We're going to, and it just was, that was the most disheartening. That happened to me. There was yeah. some, there was a homeless kid who reached out through the center and I hooked him up with all the resources. This is where you go for counseling. This is where you go. There were a couple of times where he was like, he texted me, I'm starving. I, I don't have any food. And I get him a bag of groceries. And then he would just disappear. Yeah. And it yeah. was kind of like, uh, it just made me feel sad that I, I, I tried to do my best to help him. And, but it was a limited effect. Yeah, it's really challenging too, because a lot of times, you know, especially for me, the reason why I got into kind of mental health stuff is because I love kind of doing like deep dives and really kind of unearthing a lot of the quantum, the, the more nuanced things like that around therapy. But then, you know, with working with a lot of populations that are coming through community centers, it's really just kind of about like baseline needs. Like, do you have a place to sleep? Do you have food to eat? Like, let's just talk about how we can just manage your mental health truly at a baseline so that you can function. And so that, that really is kind of the bulk of the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but so, okay. So today's topic though, what we're talking about is cancel culture. Mm -hmm. so I have to tell you that I've been following you for a while. So I am familiar with some things that have been going on. He's obsessed. File, about, file a restraining order. He's I, just I can't like, help yeah. it. I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> so cancel culture though. So do you have any experiences with cancel culture or anything like yourself? I'm just going to throw the question to hear out it. there. Yeah. <laughs> Never, not once. No, nope, not a bit. Not a bit. Very good. Fab Five, I'm the only one that has been canceled several times. Really? Um, several times? Several. Um, I think there's only one that was really big. Um, and that was, you know, when I got on Dancing with the Stars, my interaction with um, Sean Spicer, um, who, you know, was the communication director. Was that his position with the... Yes. Um, he was the White House communications director. And um, obviously, I'm not a Republican. Obviously, I don't support anything this administration does. And as we know, um, especially you, Alec, being in television, you meet cast members within one minute and you talk about like stupid stuff, donuts, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that, met him. Two minutes later, we were on a carpet after I met him. And then I, people were like, what is it like? You're the gay one and black one being with him. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, he was a nice guy. Boom. All, yeah, the, all, all of a sudden it was, what the hell? You're a Republican. Um, you're the worst person on the face of earth. And then I made it worse because I doubled down and I was yeah. like, no, I'm he was a nice guy. I'm not talking about his politics right now. In that moment, two minutes that I met him, he was a nice guy. I haven't gotten to speak about him with anything else. And literally every gay man, especially you know, gay white men came for me and told me how horrible of a person I was. Oh. I only use that as fuel to like do the work that I know how to do to try to influence people who have different point of views than me. And so um, I'm still canceled by a lot of people, but you know what? It helped me to open a lot of people's eyes um, mm -hmm. that been closed otherwise. So, yeah, well, I have to tell you that my eyes have not been closed to you and you've not been canceled by me. Uh, I actually... 
especially kind of coming from like, you know, social work, mental health counseling stuff. I fully understand the world of grade of which you're operating from and a place of love to be able yeah. to come from that space because it's like, we, I don't and, buy it. And, and I, I also, and I remember, I remember like either hearing or reading things that you were saying about it too, which is just like, this is what's going on right now in the world. We're so divided. This is what I'm trying to demonstrate, which is how to create a bridge, which does not mean that you agree with people. It means that you get in the same room with them. So conversations can actually happen and meaningful change can actually happen. 100%. And that that was the intention the entire time. And and to be honest with you, there were some parts where it worked. And if I can give you two very specific things. Mm-hmm. When we started shooting, I, I specifically asked for my trailer to be next to his because I knew that if I did the, what people were pressuring me to do, which was to say he's a horrible person, leave him alone, that I would never be able to influence him. So um, one of the things that I did is I, he has kids and I have children and our children would be around. He would come next door. He would see my kids and he'd be like, oh, you're such a great father, blah, blah, blah. And this is around the time that Alec and I had just were lobbying uh, for the rights for LGBT people and women to be able to have the rights to, to adopt um, free of discrimination. And so after a while of him telling me what a great father I was, our kids interacting, we sat down at lunch one day and I said to him, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what you personally feel, but I know that the administration you support is tr- would want to take my children away from me. And all you've ever said is what a great father I am. And I said, would you want to look at my children and tell them that I couldn't be their father? And he was like, no, never. And I was like, well, could you pass that on? To yeah. like, <laughs> guess what? You pass yeah. the message. <laughs> because those people aren't listening to me. And if you're so gung ho that I'm a good father, let them know. Because there's many individuals who are LGBTQ plus identified and are single women who are the same. The second thing is that I deliberately brought um, friends of mine who were in the military and who also identified as trans and non binary around to my trailer. And what would happen every single time, he would be like, oh my gosh, I'm a vet. Thank you for serving. And they would talk about what they did in the military. And every single time I was like, oh, how was that? And they would, he'd be like, your friends are great. And I'd be like, well, they're trans and you're trans. Uh-huh. And literally, if I did not have the access to him, um, I would not have been able to open his eyes a little bit. Did I change his point of view? Doubt it. He's still over there hanging out with Trump. But I know that somewhere in his heart, it got affected because when I got voted off, he was the only one sobbing on the red carpet. He was sobbing. And I was like, why are you sobbing? And he was like, you were the only one that was nice to me. And you were the only one that tried to have real conversations with me. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And I was like, well, that's the reason that I doubled down and was like, I'm going to try because we're too divided as a country. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of your show right now. I mean, the great thing about your show is you do travel to the middle of the country. I've done reality shows like that where I found myself in the middle of Oklahoma or Iowa. And I found that, um, you know, regardless of the cultural divide, the minute I can make people laugh, the minute, the minute you make people laugh, they identify with you. And then you yep. bridge that gap. And it's kind of like, who knows? They'll probably be rednecks after I leave. But at least we had this moment. But it's kind of like the cancel culture is becoming so severe right now. I mean, you've had that moment. And then Ellen, well, apart from all the trouble with Ellen, like Ellen yeah. a while back had, um, and I've had to search my conscience about this, uh, yes. had that moment where she's sitting with George Bush. Yeah, George W. And yeah. they're they're laughing. And, and then she had to defend her kind of uh, being friendly to George Bush. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I want to know your opinion on that. Did she have a responsibility as an LGBTQ person to kind of 
I don't know. I mean, she's sitting next to him at a ball game. They're both billionaires. They're both, you know, what was what was what was supposed to be her move in that instance, do you think? You know, it's it's so weird because again, she was at a ball game. She wasn't giving him a platform to spew hate. She was at a ball game. And sometimes people don't realize, as we all know, is that you end up in these situations where you're sitting next to somebody and it's like you didn't come to fight. And now you're, you know, a camera gets on you and now you have to be the voice for everyone. And, um, and it's like, I don't, it, it's very weird because in that moment, I would have probably did the same thing she did, if I'd be honest with you. So I'm going to probably get canceled again. Um, but I would have sat there and I would have had a conversation with him. You know what I mean? Like there are many people that I've interacted with who I don't have the same views with or who I don't feel, um, is someone that I align with, but mm-hmm. I still interact with them and I still right. have find a way in that interaction to be kind, to um, be empathetic, and to also hopefully encourage them to still change, you know, their point of view by seeing my point of view. And so it's a dicey, weird way of living in the world we're in. Um, but I think that we've gotten too, too quick to cancel and yeah. to tell people that, you know, there's no room for growth. There's no room for learning. There's no room for, um, becoming a better person. And I think we're doing our culture a disservice by that because we're teaching kids that who who you are now means you're going to be defined that way for the rest Forever. of your life. Yeah. That, that is wrong. I love, but I have to tell you that I love the fact that you kind of go through experiences like this, getting canceled, but still hold true to that perspective. Because I think that there are a lot of people, myself at times included too, where I'm just like, I'm just going to shut up and not say anything anymore because I don't even want to deal with this, you know, and check out because it's scary. Nobody wants to be canceled. But the fact that you keep showing up and you keep bringing that message forward, I think is inspiring for a lot of people that you're not even hearing from. So I kind of want to echo that to you. And like, you're doing amazing. You inspire me to keep like speaking up in the same way too. So thank you. I think I, I'm, in, I'm entirely on board the Karamo train here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Some might call me a masochist. I think that's what it is. <laughs> more punishment. But I will, yeah. I will say this, is that um, being a, a, a black man, a gay man, the son of immigrants, like first generation American, um, who grew up in the South, I've never had an option to just pretend like everything is okay. I've never had an option just to be quiet because every situation I've been put in, I always had to either make a quick decision to either stand up for my rights, stand up for someone else, to do what is right. And I, but I've also then had to also find a balance, which most people of color, most LGBT people know, where you're like, okay, I have to walk this line where I'm the only gay person in this room. So I have to, first of all, make sure that I don't close the door for every other gay person, but I also still have to make sure that I'm educating people. We all have to walk this tightrope. And I understand that part of my privilege and the opportunity I have being in front of the camera is that I have to continuously try to make sure I'm saying things that others feel. And even if I get the backlash, I know if my heart is in the right place and my intentions are right, then at the end of the day, then that's all I can try to do. Well, you've been canceled so many times. I'm sure you'll survive the next one. Okay, girl. Yeah. I just, I just want to give everybody a heads up. There are pictures of me uh, rollerblading with Ted Cruz. Uh, we're holding hands and it's, it's going to drop on Twitter sometime soon. We, we just want, all we wanted was ice cream. That's all. We were just rollerblading. <laughs> 
He lost his balance. I took his hand and uh, we had ice cream. Oh my God. Karamo, do you think that there's a way, do you think there's a way to address the people who are doing the canceling? I mean, maybe not over, even overindulging it, but addressing it because I guess my perspective on it too is, you know, it's just, it's basically just kind of like bullying to a degree, right? Like the, some version mm-hmm. of that. And as we know, you know, <laughs> bullies are the ones who are bullied themselves. And there's a lot of people now who, because of the internet, have an opportunity, especially in a very hidden way, have an opportunity to try to have a voice and impact change in ways they never could. It's not being done very effectively or very well. To me, it really seems like it's coming from a trauma response from, you know, themselves. So how do we, how do we do, how can we maybe acknowledge that in a way um, to help start to dismantle the the necessity of cancel culture? Well, because the thing is, is that, as you know, people who are hurting don't see themselves as bullies. They see themselves mm-hmm. in their mind as the victim. So they don't realize that their behavior could also be hurting someone else because they're they're such in a cloud of their own pain. And so I think it's for people to have to realize that their words and actions could be hurting other people. And I think that's what where the sort of education has to start. And I'm sure you would agree with me on this. It's like people have to understand that your words have consequences. Mm-hmm. Your, the actions you take have consequences, but I think a lot of people, because they they put their words out into this, they're, they're hurting through their words into this vacuum of social media that they don't realize that they are going to affect someone's life or self-esteem dramatically. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw it with my kids when they were younger, where they would just say something and there was, they didn't understand the repercussions of what they're saying. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm upset. I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I'm like, you do understand that has repercussions. There's a ripple effect that's going to happen when you release. And I think mm-hmm. it's about people understanding that because most people don't. You're in your home, safe in your living room, safe in your bathroom, and you put something on the internet where you are hurting someone else. But in your mind, you're just in your house. It's, yeah. There's no repercussions. You're mm-hmm. safe. I think you don't see you don't see the consequences of your actions. I know when we were kids, and you would call somebody "you're ugly," and you'd see the expression on their face, and they'd be upset, and you could say you could have the social cue of oh, I've upset this person in a real way, in a meta way that I'm experiencing and I'm seeing the experience. I think with kids nowadays, I've never raised a kid during the digital age before, and now I'm doing it. Um, As parents, we said to him, don't say anything online that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. That's it. And it's, it's, and, and my, my son has experienced his fair share of cyberbullying. Um, you know, but what, what's coming up for me is with the cancel culture is this, it's not sustainable. No. I mean, like you've already recovered, you said a couple of times. And this thing of like canceling culture of, of shutting somebody down forever or quieting them forever, that's not sustainable. And I think there's also a thing of within 48 hours, it, um, you know, or within a, a news cycle, it will go away. There will be some other form of outrage that people will be, I mean, the mob will move on to somebody else, Yeah. you know, and then for, I'll eventually forget about what you said or what you did or, you know. I think, I think there's this, this, there's this subtector that does forget and moves on, but then there's a, there's this, there's this sort of group that people who are just really hurting that actually do hold on to it because they want mm-hmm. it to worn down. I, on my podcast, Karamo, um, I had Russell Brand on and he was just talking about spirituality, growth. And literally the comments were, don't forget he broke up with Katy Perry in a text. He's a horrible person. He's an asshole. Uh, All these things that he did when he was still in recovery. 
and still was dealing with his addiction, uh-huh. holding him to that. And he's come out a million one times, apologized, said I was a horrible person. I'm so sorry. These two people have moved on. Mm-hmm. Immediately, people's comments were like, he's horrible. How dare you be talking to him? What does it say about you? And I'm like, you. Pe- there are a certain group of people who will never let something go. And right. I- how do we get to those people and how do we like, you know, and this is a little bit of what Matthew was saying about like, how do we really get to those group of people and really help them to see like your actions are very much bullying. You're, yeah. you're limiting someone's growth. You're limiting someone's experience. And then you're also trying to sway people's opinions. You're, you're a mean girl in essence in high school, the mean girl would come yeah. in and be like, you know what? I don't like them. And this is why. And even if that person didn't do that, they try to sway the opinion of every single. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what you're doing online. So how do we get those people to recognize that is something that I, I constantly want us to work on and figure out. But you yeah. both brought up that it comes from a place of hurt. I mean, I can yeah. speak personally that in the eighties and nineties, when the rumor was that Donna Summer had said, uh, that AIDS was um, uh, God's judgment on gay people. Did gay people. I didn't know that. Gay people had bought her records. We, you know, we were all disco queens. We all loved her. And then there was a VH1 special years years because she became a born again Christian at some point. Okay. Uh, okay. And and so it was a plausible rumor. But in the VH1 behind the music, years later, she said, um, "I never said that. I don't feel that way." And but it ruined her. It wow. ruined it. Ru- uh, yeah, this is before internet. This is pre-internet. It's there are repercussions that go beyond, like you said. Yeah. So, um. But it's. I think you both hit something on the head about when you start addressing the hurt. You yeah. know, that was really about us as gay people being hurt by somebody yeah. or feeling that we could be hurt by somebody that we love that we supported. Yeah, I feel mixed about it even in terms of what we can do because there's a part of me that thinks. Um, I'm not going to feed the beast, right? Like that that's an energy that's coming from fear. That's not mine. I'm not going to engage that, right? And I'm just going to kind of, you know, do what I can and move forward and keep coming from my own place of love. And so that's a part of me feels that. And then another another part of me thinks, well, maybe there's an opportunity to try and engage some people who are coming from that place and just kind of see if maybe there's certain kind of like themes or whatever that comes up that other people can relate to and feel like they actually are being heard. Because all of this is just people kind of like, you know, banging their fists down on the floor, just trying to have a voice and be heard. So maybe if there's another way more meaningfully to be heard, I don't know. That's kind of where I feel stuck, to be honest. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to switch subjects for half a second. Mm-hmm. Matthew, you're really pretty. I just- oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, All right, you. get it out of your system. <laughs> Every single show at some point, people stop and go, oh, No, gosh, they don't. Yes, they oh do. My God. Okay. Kim did, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, what? I was like, hold on. Back to cancel culture. You're Alex, <laughs> I think you're fine as hell, baby. So, oh, now. <laughs> Now, in fine as hell to me. Listen, so I'm, I, I'm a comic. You don't have to do leading lady dialogue for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, listen, you two explain. Uh, you two exchange info. Um, <laughs> I won't tell. Uh, listen, uh, Karamo, thank you so much for. Thank you. Doing, I haven't even gotten a chance to congratulate you on the great job you're doing on the show. I, yes. I've watched every single episode. Same, I, watched, I love it. I watched the Japan season. 10 times uh-huh. you and uh, you and the first woman in the Japan season who ran the senior citizen center yep. is my favorite episode ever. Oh, thank Aww. you. And you uh, taking her around on the scooter around Tokyo. is just, it's just heaven to me. <laughs> um, 
So uh, congratulations. And you have the Emmys coming up and you were nominated and I can't wait to see what you're going to wear. Is there, is this, is this a fashion moment on Zoom? Um, yeah, I will. If, if, yeah, I don't know. This is the first time we're ever like dressed up at home for like the yeah. Emmys. I don't yeah. know what to do or like figure it out. But I will say this. Thank you for acknowledging um, Japan. Um, you know, out of the guys, it's been a very hard struggle for me because culture was was originally someone who, you know, talked about Broadway tickets and arts. Yeah. And being someone whose career has always been about mental health. I had a struggle from season one where they were like, no, you're not talking about mental health. No, this is not a thing. Really? Because you changed wow, it. Wow, I didn't you know that. Yeah, game. and you did a great job with yeah. it, too. Because orig- that was originally Jay Rodriguez's spot where he would just yes. get somebody tickets to a Broadway, Broadway show. show. Yeah, and, and Jay Rodriguez is an actor, a Broadway star, so it makes sense for him. Yep, yep. It didn't make sense for my career, my profession that I did before. And season one, if you notice, like, they would cut out all of my long conversations where I got <gasps> to part of it, and then they would, I, I would, I would come in and be like, I'm going to build a computer. And I'd be like, I don't build computers. And then uh, is that people started understanding what I was doing. And then by season two, they were like, no, we want to see a little bit more of this mental health. And by the time we got to yes. season three, it was like, we want to carve out a time for you to talk about their trauma, uh, talk about their emotional growth, their mental health, their healing. And I think there needs to be more space for that in television. And so yes. I'm so excited that you recognize in what I do. But also I want to say thank you for what you all are doing this. Because having the mental health and comedy as together is I, Jonathan and I, my castmate Jonathan Van Ness, we always say it's our greatest strength. When he yeah. and I get into a room and he's able to make them laugh and I'm able to make mm-hmm. them it, it allows them to have the real healing and that's what you all are doing on this podcast and so thank you to both of you for doing this because you have no idea how many people you're helping so yeah he gets um, us matthew he, he does gets get us. us but thank you but thank you because i'll be honest with you i didn't realize that that was something that you had a push for i just kind of thought maybe that's just the direction they were going there was this greater depth but that's amazing because you did such a good job even it's like the best part of the show like mental health t-shirts i'm like yeah. yes mental yeah. health <laughs> love i it. love it so we always end the show, Karama, with a hot message from our celeb. And then we give a hot message as well. Do you have a hot message for the day with everything that's going on right now? Ooh, you know what? Um, it's not about cancel culture, but um, I do believe that people need to hear this more. Um, I said this earlier today to someone, and it's something that's been on my heart a lot. I think that people need to understand that um, the way that you treat yourself in a relationship, the, the way that you treat the relationship with yourself is the tone that you set for how other people are going to treat you. Mm. And so I want you to spend more time right now focusing on how you're treating yourself. Like, are you saying kind things to yourself? Are you spending time with yourself? Are you giving yourself energy that you need? Are you, are you what, what are you doing to, for yourself? Because it's going to set the tone on how every other person in your life comes in and treats you. And I just mm. think it's important that during this COVID time when people are at home, that um, instead of comparing yourself to other people, which comparison is a thief of joy, so don't mm. do Mm -hmm. right make sure that you really think about how are you treating yourself because that is going to be how when you get back in this world everyone is going to treat you totally and i'll actually say the the flip of that is also true and this is i think the tie-in for cancel culture which is even if you're struggling to know how to be kind to yourself because that can be particularly challenging sometimes especially if we haven't had a history of knowing how to do that 
just start practicing being kind to other people as much as you possibly can, because that is going to have a boomerang effect, like I said at the top of the show, where it can come back and it starts to impact you as an individual. So fake it until you make it. If, you, if you're not feeling love, just start practicing it anyway. And then, you know, it starts to have that kind of positive impact on us. I love you, Karamo. Where can people find you on your socials? I'm at Karamo, K-A-R-A-M-O, on everything. On everything. I love you so much. I'll see you on the next red carpet or in D.C. or at your pool. All right? Bye, honey. Wasn't he lovely? I love him. And I have Uh, to say, I love also having mental health people come on as guests, too. It makes the conversation for me much easier. I think think you two would be a very hot couple. All right. Mental health empires. Very good. Thank you so much. And I guess I'll say that my hot message was what I just piggybacked off of Karamo. So that made it very easy. Alec, what's your hot message of the day? My hot message of the day is um, it's kind of piggybacking off of Karamo's as well. If you want to be forgiven in life, you have to forgive. Yeah. If you want to, if you don't want to be judged on your worst possible day, yes, where you said something in haste or something in anger or something without thinking, something without forethought, you you have to be able to not judge people at that. Yes, not judging people well. behooves you too. It yes, is, it is a selfish act if you think about it. Yeah, you're dynamite, yes. Matthew. Where can <laughs> where can people find you on the social media? You can find me at MJ Dempsey Psych on Instagram and Twitter, and Matthew J Dempsey Psychotherapy on the old Facebook. You can find me at Alec Mappa Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can find us both at the Hot Mess Pod on Twitter. And Instagram, DM us. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to read them aloud on the (laughs) podcast. We at the Hot Mess Podcast know you have many choices when it comes to being entertained. We're so honored and grateful that you chose to spend your time with us. Tune in next week. We'll have more Hot Mess fun. Bye, everybody.